fellow Zeros. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that would punch a hole in the moon for you. I'm your host, Joe, and I brought with me the two other members of Sex Babom to talk to you about the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. We've got sequel. The podcast had knowingly ingested gelato. And Corey. The podcast is a little by furious. I also have an honorable mention of the podcast that just cast cashed its last rain check. Before we do anything about the movie, though, we have an email. Woo! That's right. Corey wooed. I did. That's fitting, because it's your friend. Woo! <laughs> we have an email from Tom, and it's entitled, Gluttons for Punishment. <laughs> Tom writes, Dear Zeros, finishing the Spirit podcast as I write this. Damn, you boys are troopers. Good on you. I'm going to put you fellas up for the Medal of Valor. I had watched the Nostalgia Critic do a review of this movie, and he, he, and, uh, and he had similar reactions to it. I like the Nostalgia Critic. I've never heard of him. You did like his videos. Before. It's pretty good. I then thought to myself, what would the Zeros think? I'd love to hear a sequel go in a tirade. How angry can Corey get at scores? Will Joe ever say anything that is an excitable tone of voice? <laughs> Sadly, I only got three of those four things. Which one? Didn't you get? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Joe. I don't remember complaining about the scores that much. This is what my voice sounds like, Tom. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how. Uh, that being said, if you ever want to watch another goddamn dumpster fire, Batman Ninja. I was speaking with Corey a month or so ago and felt exactly the same way as y'all felt about the spirit. He said he might show this to you if he was feeling angry with you at some point. I don't know if you're still recovering from this abhorrent piece of film trash, but when you're ready for your next beating, fire that one up. Your committed fan, Tom. Nice. nice. Way to keep the commitment, bud. Tom, good news. That's already been added to our docket, so we'll be doing that in a few weeks-ish. Yay. Woo! Wait, what? what I'm excited week? to watch that movie. What week is that? I'm not sure yet. Okay. It's in July. So thanks, Tom, for your email. We really appreciate it. If you want to be like Tom and send us kind or insulting words, send us an email. I'll tell you how later. It's later. ZTHpodcast at gmail.com. Boom! <laughs> you earned it. Thanks, bud. So that's the email. Let's do what we've been watching this week. I'm going to kick it to Corey first. I watched We Were Soldiers. Mel Gibson. I like that movie. Yeah, I, um... Never seen it, but cool. It's good. It, as far as... Vietnam war, war films are concerned. It's as good as anything else, with the exception of Full Metal Jacket, but I think Full Metal Jacket's in a league of its own. Full Metal Jacket's like up here, and then like all other Vietnam War films are kind of a mix. Apocalypse Now. I think Apocalypse Now is a good film, but I don't I think, think it's, it's as good as Full Metal I Jacket. Think it's better than Full Metal Jacket. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. Platoon was also up there. Yeah. The other thing, too, is I don't like the Vietnam side of Full Metal Jacket either, though. Okay. Like everything, the, the first, first half the of that movie. The first half of Jack is way better. Yeah. It's separate movies. Yeah, really. The first half of that movie is, I think, is one of the most brilliant. Yeah, films. Basic ever. training. Yeah. Um, Splitting hairs, though. Those, they're all three are phenomenal. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, but We Were Soldiers was was good. Um, it's hard to watch Mel Gibson perform in anything anymore because I see moments of his crazy pop out in his acting, and it's just more apparent. Like I was like, oh, he's always been. A bit of a cuckoo bird. We just didn't know it yet. Have you seen what women want? Lethal weapon, man. Riggs is insane. Riggs is definitely insane. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I was assumed that was the character. I, exactly. Gibson was a really good actor. Exactly. Ransom. 
It's a good movie. Ransom's such a... I want to watch that again. I haven't seen that in forever. Tune in next week for when Corey's what you've been watching. It's How Ransom. How much do you think that Blu-ray is? Fifteen dollars. <laughs> I'm going twelve ninety-nine. Corey's probably right. I have to look it up. Let's see. Corey knows all Blu-ray prices within three dollars. It still holds true. So far, so true. Yeah. Even if it's fifteen dollars, it still holds true. What'd you say? Twelve ninety-nine. What'd you say? Fifteen. Or fourteen ninety nine. Nine nineteen. Sorry, that's the fifteenth anniversary. Damn it! Within four dollars. <laughs> yeah, Corey's within four dollars on all Blu-ray prices. It's going to continue to grow <laughs> until it's you know accurate. Within one hundred dollars, Corey will guess the price of any Blu-ray. <laughs> any Blu-ray. <laughs> Plus or minus a hundred bucks, I'll get your Blu-ray dead on. Yeah, but it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I watched it with a yeah. NAPUS history class. Sam Elliott's really good in that movie, too. Sam Elliott is really good in that movie. He's unrecognizable about the mustache. Yeah. I gotta look it up after that. I'm like, I think that's Sam Elliott. <laughs> I actually could tell... I could tell from... By the voice? The voice. Yeah. Sounds like Sam Elliott. And uh, those... My favorite moment with him, believe it or not, is like the little things he does while they're still on base. The comments, right? Yeah. The, the snarky, the weatherman comment. Yeah. The, uh... So he's doing that with one of my favorite... Un- un- unsung hero actors, Ryan Hurt. Ryan Hurst. Ryan Hurst. Gary Bertier. Gary Bertier. Oh. Not so much because of Gary Bertier. I think. I love him as Opie in Sons of Anarchy. Okay. I think he's brilliant in that. So that, Ryan Hurst is like, one man like, good morning, sir. How the fuck do you know what type of morning it is? Yeah. What is nice? Are you a fucking weatherman now? Like just, what are you goddamn weatherman? (laughs) It's just so good. Yeah, fun movie. Fun movie to watch. Graphic as fuck, though. Yeah. It's a very graphic movie. It's a Vietnam War movie. Makes sense. Hey, sequel, what did you watch? I saw two movies in theaters. I saw one really good one and one I really hated. Um, Are you going to tell us which is which? Or do we have to guess? The first one I saw was Upgrade. I think that was the good one. I think that was the one he hated. Upgrade is phenomenal. Loved it. Okay. It is a cross of Terminator and Knight Rider. I really want to see it that is movie. Phenomenal. Okay. I really wish it was marketed better, and I wish it got like if it was marketed the way it should have been, it would have won the weekend. Ocean's Eight won the weekend. This would have destroyed it. I feel. Okay. I only it's, heard about that like because I saw an ad on YouTube before. Yeah. Like I've never heard of that movie until that ad on YouTube. I really wanted to use my movie pass, and this just happened to fit the time slot. And Rotten Tomatoes had it at an eighty-five. And I, it did not disappoint. It was it was really, really good. I gotta try to see that this I don't time. remember any actors that are in it. Um, I didn't recognize anybody in the trailer. But it, it's it's phenomenal. Futuristic. Definitely check it out. I'll, I, it's uh, at least five stones. I'd, wow, I'm very okay. interested to hear your opinions on it. It is on my list. It is definitely on my list of things to see. So. Now for the one I hated. It's got a 93 in Rotten Tomatoes. I am so scared right now. Hereditary. I don't give a fuck about that. That's why. Terrible. Is it bad? I laughed and laughed and laughed. It is god awful. That's a, that's a horror movie, right? Yeah, it's but it's supposed to be the scariest movie that's come out in the last couple of years. They hook heart monitors up to people, and it's like two hours of this is equal to four hours of rigorous exercise. So I was looking forward to it. Afraid every jump scare is left and right. One jump scare. The first somewhat scary scene doesn't happen until fifty five minutes in. Ugh. It is. Do they at least try to build tension in that first fifty-five? Yeah, I mean they're setting the uh, the setting the tone. They're trying to. They just it, missed. It, but based on the trailers, the movie didn't go where I thought it was going to go. But I laughed really hard at two moments where I almost got shushed, and I really hate people that like 
are loud and obnoxious during the during movies. You were that guy. How that make I, you feel? I kind of was that guy, but at one minor spoiler, they're conducting a séance. At one point, it's the mother, it's her eldest son, and her husband, and things start happening, and it t- cuts to the eldest son, who's like eighteen years old. I want to guess. And he just looks at his mom and goes, <laughs> like a really bad fake cry. It was the funniest thing I've seen. It was, oh, it was such a terrible movie. I don't know how this has a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. This is the second movie I've seen in Movie Pass. I got really good reviews that I saw and I absolutely hated. The other one was Annihilation. That's right. I didn't care for that at all. So it's all the, the horror movies that are rated high that you see. Annihilation is like, more of sci-fi than I guess. horror. Well, it's probably like monsters or something in it, didn't it? Yeah, an alien. Joe, what have you been watching? I watched three movies this week, which is amazing, because I thought I was going to be able to watch maybe one. The first one I watched was How to Train Your Dragon. I've never seen it before. And? It's pretty good. Okay. I don't love Jay Baruchel in the the main role. He grew on me as the movie one on, but I feel like his voice doesn't match the character. Gerard Butler's in that too, right? Yeah. His voice yeah, Gerard Butler. The dragon? No, the dragon doesn't talk. I was waiting for the dragon to talk. That's what the dragons talked. Nope. They talk in Aragon. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. It's a much different movie. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's worse. It's way worse. Aragon <laughs> is a much worse movie. Oh, do you ever probably... Does he play the dad? Yes. The dad of the kid? Thanks, a different podcast from today. <laughs> the, I watched Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein movie. That's my favorite of the Universal Monster movies. I'm not sure how I rank it against uh, Wolfman and... Creature Figure. from the Black Ragoon, because those are my you favorite. You saw Dracula, too, right? I saw Dracula and the Mummy. Right. Those are the bottom two for me. I'm okay. not sure which order. Frankenstein was good. The only issue I have with it... His name's like fucking Henry in this. <laughs> why Why did they change his name from Victor? Is Henry Frankenstein or something? Like, no, no, it's his, not... His best friend's name is Victor. Right, and there's no uh, Igor, either. It's Fritz. Yeah. Yeah. That bothered the hell out of me for this entire movie. It's really bad when there's like a very... Very explicit story to follow. Yeah. Pump that up. I don't like when movies change, like, like how the old Hulk TV show, his name is David Banner instead of Bruce Banner, because mm-hmm. I thought Bruce was like an effeminate name, so like, we gotta name him David for Lou Ferrigno or something. It's like, maybe they thought Victor sounded too European, I was like, I gotta be an American man, even though he's not American, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was a very weird choice to make, I don't get it. It's a dumb choice to make. Otherwise, the movie is pretty good. I was also told I should watch Bride of Frankenstein if I like that movie, so I'm sure my girlfriend will have no problem with watching Bride of Frankenstein. Well, Bride of Frankenstein's fine. It, it's one of the um, unsung heroes of the Universal Monster movies. People love, love Probably the love best it. sequel of the Universal Yeah, for Monster. sure. I don't know any of the other sequels, so Fair. I'm sure it'll be fun, because Frankenstein was also good. And the third movie I watched, I watched Heat, guys. Nice! Yeah. It's long, right? The movie's terrible. No. It's not oh, wow, we're about to walk out. Oh my god, Joe's <laughs> about to review this by himself, everybody. No, that movie's good. I have two reasonably large problems with it. Number one is the length. The movie does not need to be that long. No. You, no. Can, you, can, much... you could cut out at least a half hour of that movie. You that's, can at least. That, that's a and very... It doesn't lose anything. You can get very good Val Kilmer's character completely and his storyline doesn't really add yeah. much to it at all. Not, not they, they add all the, the background with the characters. doesn't make me care about them anymore. The whole yeah. thing with Natalie Portman. I, why is this in here? You know what? The part about Natalie Portman that really, that, that super makes it seem unnecessary is him showing up at the hotel room. How the fuck did she get in there? I don't know. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
There's a lot of extra footage in that too. Like Al Pacino has a whole backstory of why he's acting the way he's acting. He's really, he's like a addicted uh, to coke or something. Yeah, yeah. He just got yeah. off a of coke, something mm-hmm. like that. I hate. I don't really like his performance in this, or I just don't it's think very I like Al Pacino because I don't like. There. I don't like the yelling. I feel like it takes me out of the the moment. So Al Pacino, phenomenal actor in the seventies, early eighties, still really good. Took a break from movies. Did a lot of uh, theater. Then came back, and he did Scent of a Woman, and that's the character he played, and he got the Academy Award for that. He didn't get it for any of the Godfather movies. He didn't get it for Serpico. He didn't get it for Dog Day Afternoon. He didn't get it for Scarface. All award-worthy performances. He got it for that role. It's like a Lifetime Achievement Award. That's who he is now. Yep. He he hasn't done anything subtle since. I kind of wish he'd go back. I remember his ridiculous performance in The Devil's Advocate. I remember that movie. I own that movie. I bought okay. it for $3. have never seen it yet. Oh, my God. That is... He's the devil. He that, is the that's, devil. That's a treat. That's treat a treat yourself. I should watch that. It's, it's, it's in the other room. Treat yourself, because it doesn't matter whether you love that movie or hate that movie, it is... Oh, it's good. It's a good cast. It's good to rip on, and it's good to enjoy. Like, whichever way you want to go with it, it works. And the other problem I have with you... Who the hell am I supposed to be rooting for in this movie? I hate everyone. Like, it's it's a well-made movie outside of the runtime, and I was engaged with the story and everything, but, like, I don't care about any of the characters. They don't make me care about them. I'm supposed to care about Robert De Niro, I guess. Yeah, the, there's definitely a, a bit of a or conundrum Pacino, there. but I don't. Well, that's the thing. Like, do you want to side... I guess the movie was made so that you could choose to side with the quote-unquote hero or the anti-hero. But at the end of the day, it's a little too convoluted. Again, probably runtime issue on that. I don't know. I I got to the end of it, and I was like, this happened. Like, I wasn't rooting for anyone to win. I was just rooting for the movie to be good. It's it's the mutual respect that Pacino's character and De Niro's character have for each other. Like, they're adversaries, but they go about their field the correct way, and I think they have a mutual respect and understanding for it. My favorite character in the movie is John Voight's character. He's phenomenal in it. And he he's a very good. minor role. Yeah. And I like Wayne Grow. Wayne Grow <laughs> sucks. Wayne Grow's, like, evil for no reason. Like, the scene with the, the hooker. Yeah. Because, like, why is it... Like, we get it. He sucks. I don't like, really I don't even... I, I, <laughs> that's, that's another arc that kind of... It's nothing. Like, they yeah. did an arc, and then they're like, no, we don't care about this. We're but yet, he shows, this on up, the table but yet he shows up at the hotel. Like, I don't know. Is he supposed to be the one that sold them out? And yes. Like, okay. Well, But he didn't sell them out to the cops. He sells them out to... No, Danny Trejo sold them out to the cops. Right. Did Danny Trejo actually sell them out to the cops? Yes. yes. He admits to it when he's, like, dying. Oh, see, I don't know. And he shows up, and he's, like, dead, and he still talks to him and has a whole conversation. Like, uh so, the heist scenes are, like, they're the best heist scenes yeah, you can get in the movie. the heist scenes are very good. Practical, and it looks like they would work. Yeah. That, that's the, the enjoyable factor of it. Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't it's like a it. Little, it's it's a, a little disappointing that, like, the big bank heist is just a simple hold-up. Yeah. That made me a little sad. But, again, the things you get before and after that, though, are awesome. Look, lady, why do you care about what I read? <laughs> So rude. Another thing, the love story. How did that? How did that even happen? I don't know. Robert De Niro has no swag. No, <laughs> oh, he's that game. Was he reading a book about metals? Yeah, <laughs> real interesting, dude. 
Gotta watch grass grow than Thomas Romero <laughs> De Niro's character in this movie. But you need him to have a love interest so that he can run away from her at the end. So we can s- stick to the principle that he's told us about like 30, three times. 30 seconds. It's a fun movie, though. It is a fun it's movie. a lot of fun. I just wish it was about a half hour shorter so that I could rewatch it. How's there not like a heist movie channel? I'd watch that for the Stars morning. Stars H. Stars <laughs> Heist. Oh my god, I'd, yeah. All the, I would watch all the heist movies. I'm excited to see Ocean's 8. I think I'm going to see that this week. Yeah, it's on my list. I was probably going to see that. Then I realized The Incredibles was coming out. Like, okay. <laughs> a lot of movies. And that is what we've been watching. Let's do the movie facts for Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, which came out in 2010. It's rated PG-13. It's one hour and 52 minutes long. This director's name is Edgar Wright, who's directed a couple of good movies. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, and Baby Driver. Oh, that last one I didn't know. I didn't see that yet. I haven't seen the last two. I really want to see Baby Driver. I didn't care I for heard the World's it was End. Was that? I heard Baby Driver is really good. I yeah. didn't care for the World's End. I like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead so much more. World's End is that is essentially the same one, right? It's, it's, it's the, the tale, third it's of the Cornetta trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw that one. Shaun of the Dead is great, though. Yes, it is. Shaun of the Dead is such a good movie. This movie stars Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kieran Culkin, Ellen Wong, Allison Pill, Mark Weber, Johnny Simmons, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza, and Jason Schwartzman. There are other people in this movie. They weren't starring. They're gonna name a boy. No, I'm not gonna name a boy. <laughs> I think you should name Cap. He's in it for like oh, a short scene. Chris Evans is also in this movie. <laughs> Thank you. What about Superman? You can name Superman too. He's not my Superman. He's not my Ken Ken. The budget for the movie, $60 million. This movie was an unfortunate flop. It grossed $47 million. Box office, ba-bomb. Yeah. Oh! Oh. <laughs> 31 million of that was domestic. The scores for the movie, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 82%. Certified fresh. Audience of Rotten Tomatoes, about the same with an 83%. IMDb, 7.5 out of 10 Metacritic coming at 69, dudes, and a user score <laughs> of 8.3. Those are the movie facts for Scott Pilgrim. Let's do our general thoughts about it, without spoilers. Sequel. Uh, this is the second time I've seen this movie. I don't care for it that much. I find Michael Sarah very insufferable. I, he's not a likable character. I really don't care for a lot of the characters in this movie. The one thing it has going for it is the visuals. I love the graphics. I like the special effects. I like the video game feel. That that was all fine. But the characters in this are garbage to me. Corey? I hate how much I like this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie when I was in college. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it this time around. But I have to mirror sequel here. Michael Sarah's character is a fucking dick bag. We'll get into that later. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I've seen this movie, I think, three times now. I find that I enjoy it more every time I watch it. Watching it this time put me in such a good mood. Like, I had a lot of fun just watching it and hanging out, and then when I turned it off, I was like, yeah! I don't think this movie's perfect. Like, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the characters in it. I don't think the romantic chemistry is very good in it. No, there's no chemistry. Yeah. I was actually going into it, I was like, I don't like Michael Sarah in this movie, and I I don't love him in this movie, but I think he's grown on me. I think this is his better, one of his best performances, because a lot of movies he's in, I don't care for him. I think Superbad would have been, been better with someone else. That's really? ridiculous. 
I think well, that's, his, that's his best performance by far. I think, far and away. I think someone else could have beat his... Uh, Jonah Hill is the better... I can't... This not Maybe later. Maybe later. Yeah. But Youth and Revolt movie is garbage. That's terrible, yeah. That's Which one? Youth and Revolt. Revolt. The movie is... He outkicked his coverage somehow to get that part, because yeah. it's not his range. Nope. But this isn't about Michael Sarah. This is about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Rest of development is probably <laughs> his best role, actually. Right. I think yeah he fits he fits that he fits that weird almost British dry comedy yeah that that's either really appealing or not yeah yeah it's usually not for me but his awkwardness in this works but this has gone on long enough okay. so I really liked it let's move on to our spoiler review so from here on out we're going to be letting you know what happened in Scott Pilgrim vs the World if you don't want to know or you haven't seen it yet pause and come back later you've been warned let's do this. I think that Michael Sarah was... I think that everything I've ever seen Michael Sarah in, he acts like he does in Scott Pilgrim vs. the Worm. And I think that that works for the character of Scott Pilgrim. I just don't think that anybody should root for him in this movie. And if you do want to root for him early, the minute that he meets Ramona... That's the name I couldn't think of. The minute that he actually like meets Ramona Flowers, it kind of turns and... After that, it's kind of not... He's not the good guy. He's made to be, but I don't know that he's ever a good guy. So this is like a redemption story, right? He's trying to redeem himself for treating these women poorly? Right? Women? What? How do you get that? Well, he cheats on both of them. Yes. He admits that at the end. And this is kind of like his journey to get to that moment. Okay, I say... This is like like his coming-of-age story. At 22. Like, well, he's clearly a little bit stunted growth-wise. I don't know, He he's naive in the beginning, I guess, and kind of stupid because he's young and doesn't have a lot of experience in the area, I well, guess. he treats knives poorly. Yeah, he does. He's he he's fall- a mooch. He, he treats Ramona poorly throughout the duration of the movie. He gets frustrated yeah, with, I the, mean, with the situation from, he is, that he's in. From but, X3 on, he starts kind of not being great to Ramona. And then he treats his bandmates terribly. <laughs> Pretty much every time. Right. He's just a selfish ass. And I don't know. I don't like watching that. I just it didn't do it for me. And his moment at the end is just not big enough to overcome that, in my opinion. I mean, he's good as a support system when they need motivating for the battle of the bands. Like, they pump each other up, him and Stills. I, you know what? The thing is with the band dynamic, I mean, he's not great to the band, but... You could show both sides of it, but that makes the movie 20 minutes long and I don't need to see it. For what it is, I think it's fine. I I mean, I think the band's dynamic in general is actually really fun. Personally, I like the fact that his ex is the drummer and she's a little bit... Alison Pill. I think she's one of the better characters in the movie. I like her She's cuckoo bird, but she's so good. She's so much fun to watch. Every time she's on screen, I'm like, I really like her. You know what she is? She is... The one girl on the, um, in Spider-Man Homecoming that, like, is just fed up with everything. MJ? Mary Jane. <laughs> is that, is, does she, yeah, you're yeah. right, MJ. <laughs> or Michelle. Yeah. She goes by, yeah, you're right, I forgot that she went by MJ. She's like MJ in this. Yeah. Where, like, every time she's on screen, she just says something, like, sarcastic, and I find it hysterical. She's really one note, because, like, a lot of, even a lot of the things she says are about the same. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna disagree with that, but it's fine because if you're gonna have something that's one note in a movie, 
at least know the appropriate times to use that note. And Scott Program vs. the World does a very good job at hitting things at the right moment. Right? Like, whenever something happens, I, I feel like that's exactly what should happen considering the scenario. Sure. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's a well-built movie, I guess is a good way to say it, though. You still hate it, though. Right? Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> I think it flows pretty well. I just, like, like, characters are important to me, and if I, if I find most of them unlikable, I'm not going to I really... mean, some of the characters are good. I should really amend what I said before. Like, I enjoy... They don't get fleshed out enough. They focus too much on, like, Scott Pilgrim being Scott Pilgrim. Which, like like I said, I don't get their dynamic. I don't understand who would want to be with him and who would want to be with her. Like, why is she so cool? Why are they all of a sudden in love? I don't understand. The side characters are probably what make this movie. Aubrey Plaza's character is spectacular. How are you doing that thing with your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> when she starts cursing him out at the fucking coffee shop, I, I'm in love... Because you know what? That's the most... So if Sequel was in this movie... That would be him. That would be him. <laughs> wow. You would be, you'd be like her boyfriend. <laughs> because or, when or she's at friend. the coffee... When, when, when we get into the coffee shop and she shows up, mm-hmm. or Scott Roman shows up and she's there, he's like, how many jobs do you have? He, she literally loses him. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's called a fucking job. I'm not a fucking mooch like you are. Like it, You literally just said that about him. So it just worked. I love it. I love it. Sequel is now her. Okay. <laughs> I like. She was fine. I liked Anna Kendrick too. She was fine as well. And I liked Allison Pill. Those are my three top characters. Allison Pill is the drummer, right? Yes. I did not care for Kieran Culkin at all. I mean, see, I like I like Wallace. I like him as the roommate in this. Wallace is good. I, yeah. I don't mind Wallace in this. The narc, bro. And it calls his sister every freaking ten seconds to rat the kid out. He calls, he calls his sister every ten seconds to rat the kid out and then steals all of her boyfriends. Yes. And I do like the irony that she's four years younger, but yet she's way more mature than he is. He's a little man-child. He's... He gets dumped brutally, apparently, in his mind. And it just... Whatever, whatever ounce of maturity he had going for him at 21, when, she, when that girl breaks up with him, it, it just... It ends. And he reverts back to being 16, which is why he's dating a 17-year-old. It's kind of psyche-breaking. Yeah. Something like that. Like, that that sets you back. A little bit. Not only that, but then to have her, like, explode and be, like, a super famous musician all of a sudden, that must... And then her be everywhere and just yeah. getting shoved in his face. Yeah, be like, oh, that Clash of Demon head is so cool. And it's like, I used to date her. I hate her. This is awful. Um, one thing that they kept going back to that I, I forgot that they did the first time I watched it and watching it again, I really enjoy it. Every time anybody mentions his quote-unquote shaggy hair... The hat comes The hat comes back on. <laughs> I didn't notice. I, I, love, I love those little things about this movie. Yeah, I, no, I notice more little jokes like that every time oh, I see it. So good. Like, yeah, the subtle nuances are very, very good in this. Like, the, the little references and callbacks that you don't you pick notice. The, because the movie is so dry, because Michael Sarah's performance is so dry and straightforward, you just move on, and then when you're picking them up, you're like, holy shit, that's great. Like, this isn't my favorite scene, my favorite moment, I have two favorite, like, jokes in this. It's when Knives shows up at the apartment, he dives out the closed window, breaks through. (laughs) (laughs) Scott's not here right now, and he reaches back in and grabs his (laughs) coat. That's right, I forgot about that. 
And then after his whole speech, uh, when she tells, when Ramona tells him that she's leaving him, or that she's going with Gideon now, and at the end, after she leaves, he's like, I said lesbians. He's like, I'm in lesbians with <laughs> yeah, you. Right. And at the end, he realizes, I said lesbians. <laughs> like, the, that's perfect for the tone of this movie. The the one that got me this, this, this time through, and it's by no means my favorite, but I, I got the best laugh out of it, was when... I guess it's after the first battle of the bands and they're at the bar and it goes up into his head and it just like it's the wheel of his go-to excuses. <laughs> yes. And it lands yes. in between I have to pee and who her? Who, oh yeah, who her? I have to pee on her? <laughs> I fucking lost it. I have to pee on her. What? I have to pee. <laughs> I like that one that one got me and I don't know if I just didn't notice the wheel spinning the first time around or what, but that moment hit. I was like well done. Yeah, that's that's another really good joke. In the, movie. <laughs> the visuals, though. I mean, you can't talk about this movie without talking about the visuals. I think that this might be an even better version of like the Sin City effect, where it's realistic, but then you have like all this comic stuff that kind of blends in and out of it. Because this is a regular movie. This is real. And then they put yeah. all that stuff on top. Yeah, I really I enjoy it. It's consistent with this rule. Like, I don't have a problem with it, because mm-hmm. it's, like, mystical, and it's kind of over the top in certain aspects, but it's consistent. Yeah. So, like, it, it works for me. Like, everyone else is reacting normally to this. No one seems surprised, except for him at certain moments. But, um, yeah, the the video game aspects, the uh, defeating the X's, and they turn into coins. I, I, <laughs> Ooh, coins! Yeah. It's not even enough for bus fare. Right. Um, but he doesn't pick up on any other coins. I just, I just wish by like the end he had like had a dustpan. Stills does at the end. Yeah, were we still getting paid? He just destroyed <laughs> our, our boss. He starts <laughs> yeah, right. stuffing all the coins into his shirt. And I also enjoy the um, Ramona Flowers flashbacks with her exes. How it's like uh, done like cartoon style. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good mix of the two of them. It's not yeah. like that could have been video game esque also, but they decided sure. to be, be a little diverse. I love the Universal in the beginning. It goes into eight bit. Yes. Oh that, my god, that part is. That's good. Cool. I forgot that it happened, and I was like, "This is going to be a good watch." Universal <laughs> does that for for a couple of movies. They'll they'll fit with the tone with Ooh. the uh, the Earth rotation. So. Yeah. But like when he plays the bass, like and you start seeing like the Dina, like he's playing a Dino, right? So you just start seeing all like the D's fly out. Enjoyed that. I thought that was good. Onomatopoeia is all over the place. I just like. I just wanted to say that word. <laughs> Who's your favorite evil ex? Ooh, that's a good question. If you have one. You don't have to have one. It's fine. I'm trying to decide. I think uh, the first one. Like Matthew, Pat- Matthew, Matthew Patel. Patel. My favorite, too. I, I feel like him. he was grossly underused. I mean, so was Chris Evans. I, Chris Evans might be my favorite favorite evil ex. I love the song. That was my yeah, favorite It was like part. complete like weird Bollywood. Yep. And then, but they'd never do it. I don't know. I <laughs> When they say the, the one line... Where they say you slick, and the girls are like S L ick. I lo- that was my favorite part of the movie. I laughed so hard. That evil X was especially video gamey, or especially anime. I think might be a better word than sure. than video gamey. He was especially anime, and I, I think it just sets a good tone for meeting the first evil X. Did you not get my email about explaining this whole thing? I, I skimmed it. Yeah, and you see him skimming it too, and you're like, oh, "This is gonna come into play." <laughs> blah blah blah. Death. <laughs> this. Oh my god. This is so boring. <laughs> Delete. I want to know what's in the package. Which package? The one he orders from Amazon to get Ramona to deliver it and throws it directly into the trash. I hope it was really cheap. I'm sure it was. 
I don't know. He's, he's, a, he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah, he's <laughs> probably like a gun off gold watch. I don't know. <laughs> I just find it funny that... I mean, that's a lot of faith, right? I mean, I guess it has to be for the movie, but... Order something on Amazon and waits for her to show up. What if it wasn't her? She's the only Amazon employee in Toronto, Canada, because it's a barren wasteland with nothing to do. And they could not have stressed that enough. That's true. They only go to the same record shop. That's all they do. And the arcade. They play that yeah, weird ninja... Ninja DDR, DDR game. Yeah. The fighting DDR game. That kind of looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. The first time they were playing it. There's a lot of coordination, though. Yeah, they're like, really in the sync. Weird, the weird rolling on each other's backs. Yeah, that one. That's <laughs> the one. I actually really like that. I mean, that can't be the game, though. No, but I feel like everyone making this movie had so much fun doing it. Like, I can, you can just tell by watching I think that's part of what put me in such a good mood watching it, because I was just like, you can tell everyone enjoyed this. It's just a really fun thing to do. Yeah. It's a really fun concept. I could see being on that set and just having fun with it. Even if even if I walked into it knowing that it wasn't going to do great in yeah. theaters, I'd be like, you know what, whatever. I think they all knew it wasn't going to do great in theaters, because yeah. it's a really hard concept to sell. It's like a video game, but it's based on these comic books, and he's got a fighter exes, and it's starring Michael Sarah. And what year All did these it, things are hard to sell. And what year did it come out, though? Uh, 2010. Okay. Yeah, who are you marketing that for? Like, it's... Probably, Teenagers, right? Probably people who read the comics. Yeah. Is that a lot, though? Who, I've never heard of this before. In the you, may, you, might be trying, you might just be trying to cash in on the on the comic book craze that, that's starting to really pick up in 2010. The teenagers, the video game people, I guess to some extent like the anime people. People who really don't spend money to the movies, obviously. Yeah, it's not the best demographic to market to if you want your movie to make money, but... They showed them without the good movie. Without their any, doing any research, it kind of feels like Edgar Wright liked the comments, the comics, and really wanted to make the movie. And the actors are on board with it. I don't know. That could be total lies. I, <laughs> I have no idea. You know that might be it, and that's fine because like, you know what, like Joe was saying, it does it does come through that they cared about what they were doing, that their work at like they they didn't just phone in perform. Nobody in this movie phoned in a performance. No, not at all. Not one person. So that for that, you know, is good. I don't know. Thomas Jane kind of phoned it in for me. Thomas <laughs> Jane. He, I think he had a blast. <laughs> yeah, he the little carry up. When they're leaving, and they're like flexing or something. I'm <laughs> going to be in this for 45 seconds, and I'm going to get a big paycheck for it. The <laughs> other guy that's the other vegan cop with him. I could trying to figure out who that was. I've seen him in and I didn't so many vegan. things. He's in Boondock Saints, Saints he's, 2. He's in Boondock Saints 2. He's not the crappy new guy in Boondock Saints 2, is he? Yeah, he's the one that takes over yeah. like, his, like uh, Rocco's character. Yeah. Oh. He's in, um... That movie sucks, man. He's in a lot. <laughs> oh, come on. That movie's terrible. He's that in movie a movie cool. pretty not great. He's in a movie called Perfect Game. He coaches a little league team. I don't know his name. Neither do I. That's fine. He's no Thomas Jane, or <laughs> But that was just an interesting... Uh, but that's what makes that so interesting. Like, they bothered to go out and get somebody who was clearly recognizable, like Thomas Jane. And then that guy, like... Why? Why not get two of that guy or two Thomas James for that? I like that guys. <laughs> There's plenty of those guys that are like in things but aren't. Well, Thomas James not huge. I mean, they're I probably guess. on the same level. I guess. We know he is because he just wants his kids back. But his dad should go out on a boat and <laughs> kill some shark and Bert save Shiner was in this movie. In the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> he would have been animated on a boat in the Atlantic Ocean, and he would have fought the shark with his fist. Big shark. <laughs> I think that the reveal, I guess, the, I, I would say it probably starts the third act, 
Um, what reveal are we talking about? The Jason Schwartzman reveal. Gideon. Gideon. G-Man. G-Man, G-Man. G-Man Graves. Yeah. I think that reveal was... He was pretty big at this point. He's yeah. probably, like, the biggest starring role at this point. I think if you know what he's done. I think he's one of those guys that's, like, you know him if you know this that that's style. True. He's a Wes Anderson guy. Yeah. So he's been out, like, Rushmore. And... But that's the thing. Like, if you're not a Wes Anderson fan, you don't know who Jason Schwartzman is. But if you're a fan of Wes Anderson... Then that reveal is pretty cool. See, like, I'm not a fan of Wes Anderson, but I've seen a lot of Wes Anderson movies. So, like, I. Okay. But I, you're also in a, a, a unique situation where you actually just like watching films regardless right. of style. Most people probably saw a Wes Anderson film, was like, this is not for me, and never went back. Me, I fucking love Wes Anderson. So when Captain America shows up. He's Evil X number two? Evil X yes. number two. I don't like his the way he goes out. Yeah, I don't. I feel like he was underutilized. There's no actual fight. But he, I think he's the only ex he doesn't actually fight. No, he tries to fight him. He's just getting his shit, his shit kicked in. Wow, this. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. They do. He does like punch him once or twice. He punches him right out the gate, and then has his stunt team kick the shit out of him. Oh, he but, beats but them. He beats them off screen. Yeah, he beats them off screen. Uh, yeah. And then he realizes he can't. Or I think he tries to go one more time. He fucking gets his shit kicked in again, and that's when he. Tricks him to tricks him into the do a thingy on the on the rail on the rail the thingy on the rail. Why would I do that? There are girls watching. The grind, bro. Somebody get me my board. But that's not the only the only evil X that he doesn't fight. Well, doesn't fight twins either. He battles them bands. He fights them with music. He made like a fucking dragon or. No, giant monster that, that defeats their dragon and kills them. Like a gorilla. They rocked so hard they committed a double homicide. But I love it. And he, he doesn't he doesn't beat the um the vegan boyfriend either. They fight, fight though. They fight though. They fight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I guess he fights everyone. He yeah. outwits the vegan boyfriend. Same way he outwits Chris Evans. He also base battles him, which is my favorite part of the movie. It's fucking awesome. The which one? The base battle. Oh yeah. Love it. I would have watched that for like five more minutes. Five more minutes is a stretch. Like <laughs> two and a half more minutes. That is a long time. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of movies dedicated to a base battle. Watch this whole movie. It was just the base <laughs> battle. If that base battle was five minutes longer, that's the thing we'd be talking about the most. I really like this movie. That base battle is forever. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. What are they trying to do? It's like, we get it. You play <laughs> bass. <laughs> and then Joe pipes up. I kind of liked it. Oh, one joke I did like, too, at the beginning of the movie is when Nia's ex, Young Neil, what he plays. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a tough question. Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> She's referring to instruments, and he's not. That's the... Thank you, you for explaining the joke. In case you haven't seen the movie. We just ruined one of the better jokes in it for you. You're welcome. It's the spoiler part. Yeah, this is this is your fault. If you at this point, it's on you, yeah. We warned you. Give us a five-star rating. <laughs> Please. Please. Five only. What the hell? That's what we believe in. I guess we we really haven't talked about Ramona as much yet. Well, well what is there to talk about? She shows up. There's not a lot of depth She's, of character to Ramona, unfortunately. The, the girl of Scott's Which dreams, is, literally. Yes. True, yeah. but... At Which the I feel is a thing out of another movie, but I can't think of what it is. What? The dream thing? So Yeah, some guy having premonitions of a woman and then meeting her. I want, it's kind of Eternal Sunshine. That see, she but not reads really. to me. She reads to me a lot like Clementine. When I watched this, I, I I got a lot of Clementine. Clementine is the character in Eternal Sunshine. For those that don't know, is it just the hair? Like, does that the hair doesn't 
hurt. I, I feel like the hair is part of it, for sure, but it, there was something else. It's a little part of the attitude, I guess I could see. Kamen's more quirky and fun, though, and Ramona's kind of like one note. I feel Just quirky maybe, and not fun. I think <laughs> maybe it was, maybe it's the turn. Maybe it's kind of the turn um, when she gets back with G-Man, and then she walks away. Like, throughout Eternal Sunshine, Clem, Clementine is not with him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he, he, like, he, she broke up first. Like, she's the one that gave up and turned away and erased first. So, I don't know. There's just a, a couple threads in there that I'm just like, it, it read to me like that. And I love Eternal Sunshine. So, I'm, that's a beautiful I'm movie. Oh, yeah. I am on the other side of the fence on that one. Really? That's a podcast for another day. Okay. I'm surprised. Wow. I don't love that movie. So, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie's so good, we like to talk about other movies. <laughs> No, I like. I, I have I mean, a lot to work with with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought Ramona was. I thought the again for what it is. Like I don't have any major qualms with anything. Yeah, I think things may have been able to be done better. There could have been better arcs and better depth. There's no glaring flaw. About but there's the no glaring flaw. Again, well built movie. But it's well made, well built, well acted. They they hit what they want to hit. Mm-hmm. I just again, it's kind of like the Constantine effect with me, and it's not for me. Yeah. I really don't like the characters. That that's that's the problem with it for me. But if you do, and well, well that's what's only interesting. for you. <laughs> well, what's, <laughs> what's interesting is that I watching it this time around, I did. I really disliked Scott. After he fought, pretty much as soon as he had to fight Roxy, right? Roxy is the is the girl one, right? Yes. What's her name? The minute that he ends up having to fight her, everything like everything he does just becomes a glaring character flaw for me. I don't like. I don't like the way he talks to her. Like, well, he's clearly frustrated. I get that, but why? He's just he... been in four fights, and one of them with, was with a woman who he wouldn't allow himself to hit, which is actually a good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, sure. However, to Scott Pilgrim. Being the immature asshole that he is, he had all this information prior to dating her, and he chose to ignore it. So, and, awesome. and, and again, yeah, he fought. He just fought four. I mean, to be fair, I delete emails all the time. But that's he, not true. I don't. But he just fought four. He knows that there's three left. He could just stop, and instead he chooses to continue on. But by the time he defeats five and six to get to seven, seven had already like snuck in and taken her back. Which, again, I think is one of the best things about this movie, is that Evil X number 7 had never had any intention of fighting. He was using other people to his advantage to drive Scott Pilgrim away to get Ramona back. That's an interesting way to play that. He also implanted a mind-control device. Yeah, he's a, he's like a supervillain, yeah. basically. I just assumed that mind that mind-control device was implanted after they got back together. I mean, I'm sure it was. Gotta keep her there. It's like Love Potion number 9. That's a movie. That is a movie. Wow. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Good, good on you. Sandra Bullock fan over here. Is she in that? She is, bro. <laughs> I've seen that. I saw that movie so long ago, I can't, couldn't tell you a single actor in the movie. I'm sitting Besides over here, Sandra Bullock, because you just told me that. I'm sitting over here as an actual Sandra Bullock fan. I don't think I've ever seen that I movie. I want to say it's Eric Stoltz also, but I'm not positive. It's like fine. It's, it's an okay movie. You, you don't have to. It's yeah. fine. It's no practical magic is what you're telling me. Twenty-seven percent are Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. Yeah, it's it's no that movie with Ryan Reynolds in it that I can't remember the name of. Uh, the proposal, the yep. engagement, something like that. I think it's the proposal. The proposal, yes. Yeah, I like that one. I actually like that movie. That's pretty funny. 
good we spent so much time not talking about Scott Pilgrim we spent so much time talking about other movies in this well listen I mean Scott Pilgrim's a great movie don't get me wrong but because there's no glaring flaws well it's hard to really pick the movie apart one way or the other not to be that guy why does Nice have to get punched really hard in the face why why was that necessary by I guess it to show what a douche Todd is. Yeah, can't you show it in another way? I, that came out of left field for me, too. Yeah, I, I like, forgot that that happened when I was watching it. I was like, that was a bit much. Yeah, over the top. And then Gideon, like, kind of kicks the shit out of Ramona at, at the end, too. Multiple shots. Shot to the stomach, shot to the face, oh, pushed right. down the stairs. Oh, yeah. I mean... Stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the knife one, though. He knocks the highlights out of her hair. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Because she's just fangirling. That's it. She's just fangirling. She was in the right place at the right time with the right guy to get herself backstage with the band that she fell in love with. And she didn't know music a week or two ago. Right. Nope. Like, that's one of the things she said, I think, in the scene before, right? That she didn't know what, that Possibly. there was good music up until two weeks ago. No, I just, I didn't, I really, that's my least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> it's safe to say. It's because it's so, doesn't fit with everything else that's going on, and it came out of nowhere. It kind of does, because everyone in this movie fights. Not until that point, it's just Scott versus X's, and then she's an innocent bystander, and then she gets Yeah, then she turns out. out to be a badass later. Okay, yeah, but... it's. But the bigger question is... They're, they're all fighting. This is this is this movie. It, I don't know. It's... I, again, I think the bigger question is... I think the vegan police would have shown up when he hit when she hit the girl. But that's not a vegan that's violation. That's not a vegan that's violation. a human violation. Right. I think the real police... Should have been the real I guess the other thing that, that that scene does that kind of throws me for a loop a bit is that at this point he's broken up with Knives, is over Knives, head over heels for Ramona... Yet, as soon as she gets... And I, and, I mean, it's meant to be, like, a redeeming quality moment for Scott Pilgrim, but for me, it's like, are you doing... Are you standing up because he hit a girl, or are you standing up because he hit knives? I'm not sure. He's standing up because he's an evil ex, and he has to fight him anyway. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. But the to. evil ex... But he only decided to fight that evil ex because she punch knives. And uh, you also have the dynamic that that is the person that's with his ex. So he's they're probably going to fight anyway. There's a jealousy factor there. I don't think that it's necessary to show that the he's punch. a bad person. No, you can see he was a douche right out the gate. Yeah, that's that just helps to illustrate that point. And that was kind of like Scott's breaking point. Mm-hmm. You've crossed the douche threshold where I'm just gonna hit you now. I mean, he could have insulted yeah, knives right. to the point where she got upset, and I think that's. It's, I just don't think it's necessary. It, to it, show it's it's the tone of the movie with what this movie's doing. Not at that time. I disagree. We're just gonna have to disagree on this. Scott's fighting people, okay. and then he's just she's just there and standing there, and she gets hit. I had a problem with it. That's fair. You're allowed to have a problem with it. Sure. You're certainly not a bad person for having a problem with it. <laughs> I just think hitting women's wrong. If you guys don't think that, then it's just okay. How did I know that was going to come back around and bite me? Hitting no one is fine. Yeah. If we're, if we're on the subject. Okay. No, but in the context of this movie, where everyone's fighting, it's a thing that happens. So another unsung moment for this movie that I think is really cool is when he's going to fight G-Man at the end, and he walks up, it's like, what is the place? What is the place called? Does anyone remember what that venue was called? Nope. <laughs> okay, perfect. So it's 
whatever the name of the venue is, level one. Password. Whatever. Go ahead. Password. <sighs> and then he gets by again. I thought that was hysterical because I, I don't know, I just imagine that actually being what happens. Again, it's nice when movies hit moments where I think that that's how the character should react to it, and that's one of those moments. You know he's just fed up with all of this dumb video game horseshit at this point. He loves video games. He's never fed up with it. Clearly. He gets coins. <laughs> Chaos Theater. Chaos Theater. I like the use of the extra life. That was good. It's kind of like the uh, the quarter in Ready Player One. Yep. Fits with yeah. the... Uh, Fits with the, the video game theme mm-hmm. very well. Like that he's fighting for himself now. I like that he dies and Ramona's in like his lim- in limbo with him. Like by the way, he put this mind control thing. I like the video game trope of the the Nega character, but I'm glad that we don't see the fight and there is no fight. Of the what? Nega Scott. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that they're leaving. They're just friends. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. get brunch next Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it's a real nice guy. <laughs> You have to fight yourself. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a thing, and I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad they teased it, and then, like... I, for- I completely forgot about yeah. that part. Completely forgot about that part. What what X did he, had he just beaten at that point? That was Gideon. Gideon. That was the last one. Oh, was it the last one? Yeah, the final, yeah. The final boss was himself. Okay, good. good Playing, good. like, a video game where you think you beat the final boss, but you gotta beat, like, something stupid like yourself. I, I've always... That's always bothered me. So I'm glad they showed it, but didn't. So every time I see a, a, a boss like that, or like a, that scene in particular, I should say, what it rang to me was the Water Temple in Ocarina of Time, because the mini-boss in that is Dark Zelda, or Dark Link, I should say, and he just mirrors your move. Oh, it's a nightmare. One of the worst. But yeah, I enjoy it. It reminded me of Final Fantasy X, because at the end of the big fight, there's one last fight at the end of that game that you literally can't lose. It's just there for you to press X some more. It's weird. <laughs> okay. Super Ghouls and Ghosts, you, it's a grueling, grueling, difficult game, and you finally beat the, the devil at the end. Spoilers. Then you have to... It's the spoiler part of the show. I'm, not for Super <laughs> Ghouls and Ghosts. It's only for Scott Pilgrim. You fucking... You want everything... Nothing spoiled, though. <laughs> Anyway, after you beat the devil at the end, you gotta go back and do the whole game over again, like every single level. Ew. To truly beat the game. Just to play the game twice? I've never done it. I After I beat him the first time, I'm like, this is it, this is enough. It's like Bubble Bobble. If you beat Bubble Bobble on easy, it's like try normal mode. Well, yeah, but this is the same difficulty. This is in repeat. And you're at that point, you're like an expert at it, so like the, you kind of breeze through the first few, but like I've, once you get to a part that's like frustrated, I'm like, nope. Done. <laughs> I beat this one. <laughs> what is this game called? Super Ghouls and Ghosts. When did it come out? Early 90s. I didn't even know this it was on Nick thing. Arcade. It's probably one of the greatest, 10 greatest SNES games. Oh. Yeah. So we gotta do uh, favorite, least favorite? I did mine. Yeah. Both? <laughs> yeah, favorite was um, the Matthew Patel. Uh, he's my favorite. Evil X. When they spell out Slick. <laughs> when they found, I <laughs> like sort the, of. I like the song, and I like that fight. Okay. This kind of sets the tone for the rest of the X's for the most part. And my least favorite is the uh, unnecessary, in my opinion, slugging of knives. <laughs> my favorite is probably the vegan fight. I think that we get the most variety in. We get a regular fight scene, we get a base battle, and then we get 
the vegan police and he like outwits them. I think all of that is really cool. Least favorite. Uh, I just think that Scott Pilgrim isn't a great protagonist in general, and that's kind of a problem. It is a problem. You're a Scrubs fan? Yes. JD's terrible also, but he's like the main character. Like he He's pretty reprehensible. He's kind of a garbage person. <laughs> he does a lot of really, really bad things throughout the course of the series. I, I would have to agree with I that. I mean, he is a... He has good intentions, he's a doctor, he's saving lives, but his interpersonal relationships, other than his relationship with, like, Turk, are, like, awful. You know what it is? I think that... You need some work. You know, not to derail us We're talking about Scrubs now. Go on. I think it's a fair comparison. I think you're right. I I think you're right. I think the reason I give JD a pass more than anything else is that I think that he was meant to... Like, he knew he was meant to be with Elliot by the end of season one. And because of all of the weird hit or misses that he has with her throughout the course of the show, every other girl, he's sabotaging because he knows he's supposed to be with Elliot. And he's essentially buying time until she realizes it, too. So, yeah, he's a garbage person interpersonally, but that's just because every other relationship he gets into, regardless of how good or bad that person is, he has to be... He has to throw it away But he sabotages himself with Elliot, like, two or three times. Yeah, I'm not saying he's a fucking perfect person, but... No, no, no one is saying yeah. that. Let's say, I'm not... But for, I, I don't know. I think that, that that's part of the problem. And I also think that the guy that wrote the show didn't know whether or not he did or did not want J.D. and Elliot to be together. Probably. I, that would make I mean? sense. I think that he wanted it to be non-traditional and be like, no, the ones that everybody wants to get together aren't, but then just caved into the pre- like the inevitable pressures of the show that was like, all right, they have to. It's a real non-traditional ending. I'm talking about the real ending. The I'm obvious, like... yeah. <laughs> when you talk about ending of Scrubs, we all know what ending you're talking about. Good. So, yeah, my least favorite is the fact that Scott Program is not exactly the greatest guy. Joe, what's yours? My favorite is a subset of your favorite because it's the base battle. Okay. That's so good. As someone who, when I decided I was going to be a rock band and never followed through in it, I pictured myself as playing the bass. I picture you playing the bass. I don't know whether how to take that, but that's cool. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I see. Got bass written all over you, Joe. And my least favorite is just the relationship chemistry between Scott and Ramona. I don't get it. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see what's appealing about either of them, let alone to each other. Maybe that's what is so appealing. Opposites attract. I nailed it. Yeah, she seems like cool and aloof, and just I don't know. They do Better. have that. They do have that. She's kind of like whatever about, or seemingly whatever about everything, and he's very overcritical and calculating. So that that hits. But then you find out that she's not. She's not actually aloof. She's just trying to like run away from the world, and being aloof is the only way to keep people away from her. And it just didn't work in this scenario. But did you guys know that Pac-Man was originally called Puck-Man? I did actually. <laughs> I'll tell you what I didn't care about that fact, actually. None of us did. They, they, they tell us that fact strictly so that he can try to tell it to her and fail. Yep. It's all that that... It's all... The only it's all sir. It's an actual fact. I'm sure it is, but... I'm gonna guess we don't have a whole lot else to talk about for Scott Pilgrim. I think we're good, man. So we should probably get on to reading this. I'm ready. What we do here on Zero's Talking Heroes is we rate each movie that we review on our Infinity Stones scale, which goes from 1 to 6 Infinity Stones. If you give a movie 6 Infinity Stones, you can also give it the Infinity Gauntlet, which is the highest score possible. That's pretty much how that goes. Uh, I think Corey goes first. Is it me? It is you. Oh. 
Sorry, Corey. No, it's fine. I knew what I was going to rate this anyways. Well, good. Hmm. How's that feel, guys? Uh, it feels I, great. Aside from the protagonist in this movie not exactly being a great person, I enjoy this movie. I think it's well built. I think it's well cast, especially with the minor side cast. I, I fucking love everybody that's in this movie. Not to beat a dead horse, but Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, great picks for those roles, and they just bring this movie to life in a very special way that I really appreciate. Overall, I, I have no major issues with this movie. Uh, I think it's a five-stone movie, though. Sequel. Counterpoint? <laughs> yes, no, this movie is very well made. I like the visuals a lot. I just don't care for the characters, especially Michael Sarah's character. The plot's concise. There's no major holes. There's, there's not a lot of flaws with it. Again, well made, just not for me. For that reason alone, I'm going to give it three stones. I figured it was the three standard coming. That makes sense. Right. But that's a super respectable rating. Yeah. That's exactly where it should be for a movie that's good, but you don't love it. Right. Joe, I think it's your turn, bud. Oh, it sure is. Like I said, I fully enjoy this movie. This movie is about a fake band, which already you had me at that. I love movies about fake musical artists. I don't know why. I haven't seen Spinal Tap yet, but I need to. You should. I'm sure I would love that movie. But I've digressed. <laughs> We're going to talk about that one now. No. Soon. I like the side characters. Michael Sarah is not terrible. Usually I don't like Michael Sarah and thinks he's fine in this. I just don't love the chemistry between the two romantic leads. Edgar Wright did his thing with this. He made it a little bit weird and a lot bit fun. So, yeah, I really like this movie, and I'm sure the fourth time I watch it, I'll like it even more and pick up on even more subtle jokes I didn't see the third time. So I'm going to give this movie five stones. It does lots of things well. Not, like, amazingly to get the six stone, but there's no glaring flaws in this movie. Yep, so five stones seems fair to me. And those are our scores for Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. If you want to let us... You know what? Let us know what your favorite sex bob song is. Mine's Garbage Truck. You can send those to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Oh. <laughs> that was so sad. It's okay. We always like to do one just low-key True. One. Subtle booms. Yeah, it's it's subtle late booms. and hot in here. Yes. It is hot. If you have a link to your SoundCloud, you can send that to us on Twitter at ZTH Podcast. Oh, seriously, if you have, like, an amateur band, we'll listen to it one time. You sure. I'm 100% positive about that. Take a picture with your gelato and send that to us on Instagram at ZTH Podcast. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast, or search for us in the Facebook search bar, Zeros Talking Heroes, Zeros and Heroes, and in ES. Go find us on iTunes. <laughs> Give us a five-star rating if you want to give us a review with that five-star rating. (laughs) Feel free to do so, and we'll read it on the podcast. One more thing before we go. We're going to be doing a giveaway. I'm going to be plugging this on Twitter and Facebook, so if you're on those, you'll see this also. If you decided to give up on this episode and you aren't listening right now, in which case, I'm sorry and I miss you. We all miss you. We do. But, But we're going to be giving away a copy of... Doctor Strange, the Blu-ray, right? Yes, it is. Doctor Strange, Blu-ray. I'm not sure how we're going to do it yet. Figure it out. Thank you uh, to uh, the confusion. Thanks, Amazon. Yeah, thank you, Amazon. Thanks, Amazon, for the confusion. (laughs) Double shipping. (laughs) Their mistake is your spoils. Absolutely. We're certainly not going to send it back to Amazon. It's probably going to be a thing on Twitter. Or Facebook. Probably some merging of the two. Make it a subjective contest. That's a great idea. (laughs) People love those. (laughs) I, I certainly do. We'll make them a cappella sing the <laughs> Avengers theme song. So stay tuned to our 
Twitter feed at ZTH Podcast or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast. Details will be there soon. Next time on Zero's Talking Heroes, we're going to be doing The Incredibles 2. I'm actually pretty excited about this. Very excited. I'm hoping to enjoy it. I don't remember what I feel about the first movie. I'm sure I like it. People love it, and I, I thought it was so okay. I-, I thought it was an okay animated film, so... I'm in the love it camp. Yeah. I always forget about it, though. Like, when I'm ranking, like, Pixar movies in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're incredible. Is that- <laughs> people are saying this is better than the first one. It's got a 95 around to me. Yeah, people are fucking in love with it. I think movie. the, uh... The build-up is real, because the first one sets up so, ni- so nicely for a part two. Yeah. It hasn't happened like over ten years, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. So that'll be fun, and we'll be doing that next time. Tune in for that. Until we next see you, or you hear us, however this works. It's my job to tell you that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. I'm sure Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is that for someone.